Mother, mother, what, what? It's the podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, that was good. That was good. Get Someone actually on the last podcast was like, Sims needs to come in with the mother, mother, what, what? They loved it's it. like his thing. It's his thing. <laughs> yeah. I've been I like planning it. that all week. Our guy Rod Simba actually sent me some music with that Washington Redskins fan saying Diesel. So he sent me that. I'll play that for you afterwards. But shout out to Rod Simba, producer, making hey, this awesome beat he, for us. He sent you the clip of like the actual guy doing that? or Over just an music. Act- over music. Yeah, I'll show it to okay, you. Okay, that's funny. It's aggressive. Rod, <laughs> it's aggressive. Uh, episode 147. It is one of the busier weeks of the year. It's not the best week of NFL football. That is next week, yes. divisional round football. This is the busiest. Yeah, and national championship game next week. I add that into oh. the talk, right? So yeah. Right. Oh, well, that'll be Monday. Monday. So this is a very busy weekend. It is a busy but weekend. But you got, you got like a third of the NFL is looking for new coaches. Right. An eighth is looking for new GMs. Uh, Twelve teams are getting ready for the playoffs. There's just a lot of different franchises at different places. Yep. Uh, but it is episode 147. Let me give you some programming information, amazing listeners, viewers of Sims and Lefko. I had said that today was going to be an episode 147, Sims breaking down the film, getting ready for Wild Card Weekend. Sims threw a red challenge flag. Sims said, Lefko, I am sick and tired, especially in the playoffs, of you using my information against me. I am sick of breaking down the games and then you going... Good point, Sims. I'll bet 1400 on the Chiefs. So what we're doing he is... He uses my own knowledge better than I use it. That's yes, the problem. Yes, because I see it and you're like, as long as Blake Bortles throws four touchdowns, I'm like, perfect. What I, I have already submitted my picks. I do not feel confident about them. I love it! It's ridiculous. Sims only knows of one line. Because you... And- I accidentally, accidentally blabbered. Right. So he doesn't even know the lines yet. No. Nope. But he is going to break down in complete, just from top to bottom, A to Z, tomorrow's pick show. I'm going to just give you the floor. Okay. I'm going to make my pick. Okay. And then you're going to actually, I think it'd be more funny if you just go and then make your pick and then I have to make my pick. They'll afterwards. do it in the opposite order. Yeah, because mine are already there. Well, I've said that to Canvasser on some weeks who produces our Thursday show, right? Yeah. Where I'll go, I'll be like, I'll be like, Dan, I was like, I probably should have brought a few more points. And he's like, well, why? You were okay. And I was, I was like, yeah, but Sit, you know, Adam Lefko-, Lefko steals a lot of the points that I'm going to make to start off the conversation. So tomorrow, <laughs> so for our pick show, you're going to do the complete breakdown and then make your pick because it'll be funny if I end up going a lot of money on the other team. <laughs> right. and be like, oh, crap. That's what I'm rooting for. All I know is the Chiefs are favored by eight because of Big Mouth That's over here. That's all he knows. Yeah. Big Mouth Lefko. Big Mouth uh, Lefko. Episode 147, Mr. Rutgers. Do you know the Big Mouth Frog? No. He's an emoji? We should ask my dad to do Big Mouth Frog joke for you. You might like it. All right, deal. I'll write it down right now. (laughs) Phil Sims, Big Mouth Frog. We already have an in in their prime for Phil today, too. Oh, good. I'm going with Brandon Rankert, linebacker on the 2006 Rutgers football team this week. Brandon Rankert, and he played for the Jets, undrafted free agent after he uh, I remember the name. I I, I can't say I recall him specifically. A true Jersey guy. Um, And he's from Piscataway. He's from Piscataway? The heart of Jersey. The heart of Jersey. Interesting list of 47 Sims. How many can you name? Gosh. I'm not going to be good here. 47. So I, I always try to just do this off the cuff. The first 47 that jumped to my mind was actually the ex-Minnesota Viking safety, Joey Browner, right? Played against my dad. Do you have him on there, Joey I do Browner? Not have him oh! It's touch you. I reached a point where I have like 40, 47, so All right. like 30 I've never John heard of. Lynch. Of course. Okay. I'm just trying to think of some other ones that I might have played with, but I don't know if I have played with any other 47s that are memorable. Okay, get, all right. Give me what are some other obvious? Give me some hints for some obvious ones. 
Pittsburgh defensive back in the 70s. Oh, Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt. Man, good one. Good uh, one. You're, you're cutting into my content. All right. <laughs> Currently in the NFL, two tight ends, Daryl Daniels of the Colts, Jacob Hollister of the New England Patriots. Yeah. Linebackers that Sims should know, Jake Ryan of Damn. Green Bay, Damn. Kiko Alonso of right. the Dolphins, Gosh, Calvin what? Shepard of the New York Giants, David Bass of the Jets. Now we have a linebacker guessing game. I like Bass. What team does James Cowser play for? James Cowser. Mm. This is a more fun way of doing the number. This game. is fun. Uh, <laughs> I don't He's know. He's a linebacker on the Raiders. The Raiders. Damn it. Nathan Gary. Nathan Gary. He wears 47 in the NFL right now. Fans at home for this team. G-E-R-I? G-E-R-R-Y. I don't know. Philadelphia Eagles. Damn it. Paul Dawson is a linebacker for what team? Oh, gosh. The Bengals. Oh, I'm sorry. He plays for Seattle. Damn, he's on Seattle now? Yes. And Elijah Lee. I'm glad I won that discussion with Matt Miller. Is a linebacker. Oh, I remember that. Remember that? <laughs> Elijah Lee is a linebacker for San Francisco. One Woo. dude that I see all the time wearing 47, right. Quentin Dunbar, cornerback that's, for Washington. That's who I was trying to think of right there. I knew there was one secondary he guy. He always gets burned, right. but he's always still cocky afterwards. He is. He's long and cocky. Like, he'll get burned for 40 yards, and the next play, the quarterback will throw it five yards over to him. He's like, got him! And I'm like, all right, Dunbar. Uh, we have some guys uh, that changed their numbers from 47. Trey Burton was a 47. Now he's an 88. Yep. Chris Conti was a 47. Now he's 23. Man. Michael Humanawanawanawani, yeah. uh, it was one of those three numbers, was 47. Uh, the oh yes, guys that you might remember, Chris Cooley. Was Damn. a forty-seven. Should have known that one. Will Demps, right, was a forty-seven, and Tyrone Wheatley, Raiders running back and Giants running back, wore uh, he wore twenty with the Giants, forty-seven with the Raiders, forty-seven with the Raiders. Chris Cooley went to what college, Sims? Gosh, Chris. I didn't know this. Was it Utah? Utah State. Utah State. Damn it. Uh, Sims's eighty test. Oh, I did have Joey Browner. Fuck. There you go. Six-time Pro Bowler with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, he was good. Uh, this guy was a cornerback for the Rams and a punt returner in the 80s. I probably should know this, but I don't. Two-time All-Pro Leroy Irvin. Oh, Leroy Irvin, yep. And then the last Damn, one is a safety from the name. Giants and Eagles in the 90s. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Hill. Uh, Greg. Uh, uh, Got the first name I know. Right. Greg. Um, gosh. More, uh, what the hell was his, what is it? Go ahead. Jackson. Jackson. Greg yes. Jackson. There's also a really sad, there's a sad ass story at 47. I don't know if a lot of younger people remember this name, Robert Edwards. Robert Edwards was the running back for the New England Patriots that went and competed in the NFL rookie flag football game in a Hawaii. Pro Bowl weekend, right. And in sand, made a cut, and blew out his knee. And I didn't realize it was this bad. No, he almost had to his lose leg his leg. His leg almost had to get amputated. Yeah. And that's the reason they don't play flag football in sand anymore. Uh-huh. This guy played one year, uh-huh. went out there, ran for like 1,200 yards. Where'd he go? For Georgia? Is that where he's from? Yes. Right. And then he blows out his knee, almost has to get it amputated. I remember. I was of actually course, I remember watching. That was vivid. I was watching watching the Pro Bowl thing when it happened. Like, it was like, you know, Pro Bowl events where they used to do, like, the relay races and all that. And I remember, like, a guy going down, they had to stop the game for a little bit, whatever, and you didn't think anything was horrible. they called the game. Yeah, and they had to call it. Uh, But Mel Blunt, you said Hall of Famer, five-time Pro Bowler, defensive back. I think Herm Edwards was 47. We just did him last week, 46. 46, shit. Come on, you were here. Sorry. Uh, Mel Blunt, what's Mel Blunt known for? Mel Blunt, like, big corner, they were kind of a Tampa 2 type team. Yeah, he was like a 6'3", 210 guy. Yeah, they 
were they were that way. They weren't like a man-to-man team. That's really where Tampa two came from. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's they funny were that they John were covered Lynch too. Wore forty-seven as well in the Tampa right. two. Uh, NBA famous guy AK forty-seven. Andre Karolenko, mm-hmm. uh, and then Major League Baseball, Tom Glavin and Detroit pitcher Jack Morris. Man, Karolenko, he's, his wife gives him a free pass once a year, right? Is that a story? Yeah, I remember it. When he was here with the uh, the Nets, right? If Look it your up. wife gave you a free pass, would I you would be, take it. I would be too nervous <laughs> to take it. I would take it. My thing would be for 364 <laughs> days, I'd feel like every now and then when I did something bad, she'd go... And you think you deserve a free pass? <laughs> well, you got to get it out. You got to get it early in the year. How do you even like broach that subject? I don't know. You can't be the one you to think? ask. I'm right. Right. July fourteenth, twenty thirteen. Yep. New York Post dot com. Wife yep. of Brooklyn Net Andre Karolenko says he's allowed to cheat on her once a year. It's, good. I mean, it's he, reverse psychology. Yeah, it's but good he, job. He can't bring that up. You can't be like, hey, babe, once a year. No, she has to bring no, it up. No, yeah, she brought it up because she's like, you know what? You play in the NBA, and you guys are all sluts, okay? You male sluts, you, and you go in the road for an extended period of time. I'll give you one free pass. You know, I would end up probably not using it because there would be an opportunity in, like, January, and I'd be like, nah, i got to save this, and then, like, nothing else happens. <laughs> it's the same way I treat my PTO days. I want to bank them for the end of the year. Right. Yeah. Just in case you know that December. Uh, you got to get it in when you can get it in, guys. Quote, it's the same way raising children. If I tell my child no pizza, no pizza, no pizza, what does he want more than anything? Yeah. Pizza. See, reverse psychology. Good, bud. Good job, can you, by her. Can you read that in a Russian accent? <laughs> no, I can't. No, no pizza, no pizza. That was an uh, awful Russian accent. All right, so our Second Amendment is always Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is our, our favorite coach. coach in the NFL. Well, here's the question. Because John Lynch, who we just talked about wearing number 47, said, look, we want Jimmy Garoppolo to be a Niner for a long, long time. That process is going to take place here. We're eager to get that done. But I think one thing that we really believe is that those things should take place between us and not occur and transpire in the public. Well, guess what? We are talking about it in the public. How much money are they going to have to pay Jimmy Garoppolo? And then this question. Which quarterback has their team by the balls more, Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins? Mm. Which quarterback has their team in a proverbial trap more? I'm going to pull up all quarterbacks here. But no, course. here are the salaries. Okay. I'll show it to you. Here's what we've always said. Alex Smith is making $17 million a year. Yep. Matt Ryan's making $20 million a year. Ben Roethlisberger's making twenty-two. Uh, here's the list if you're having trouble printed out. Where do you believe? Let's start with that one first. Look at the quarterbacks and the average salary on the paper. Yep. I've already done on the paper. Oh, the paper. Where do you think Garoppolo slides in? Which salaries? Give me your who wants to be a millionaire as you talk through it. Yeah, I, I think, okay, the first thing I'm going to think of, hey, uh, first I would say Garoppolo has them by the balls more than the Washington Redskins. Why? Uh, because I think these last five weeks – Everybody in San Francisco is a believer. I mean, Jimmy G. I've never. Have you ever seen a quarterback this popular after and a team the going? Quotes are incredible. Right. I mean, oh, we would have won the Super Bowl if he was here all when year. And... When your GM says that you would have won more Super Bowls with your current quarterback, and then that GM is going to go negotiate exactly. with his agent. Exactly. Okay. So you're going to say that the um, recent success right. gives Garoppolo the advantage over gives the advantage. Also, the fact that hey, he's one of the new guys in the mix here, so that's going to give him more money than. Then really he probably deserves, right? I mean, I think le- legitimately when you look at just average year per salary, yes, I think he's going to per year. Yeah, I think he's going to be able to go somewhere in the slightly below Andrew Luck, Drew Brees, twenty three, twenty four million dollars per Where year. Where would that put him ranking in the league? Yeah, that's going to put him out of the quarterbacks. Brees is at twenty four point two five zero. 
Who's number one? Number one is Matt Stafford, making 27. Derek okay. Carr, 25. Luck, 24.5. Breeze, 24.2. So you're saying he's going to be like the fifth highest paid quarterback in the I would the believe NFL. so. Yes, I do. I believe so. I think with, It's hard to, to negotiate against him right it, now. It is. I mean, he's their franchise. They've let that be known publicly. Yeah. You've seen the talent to go, okay, we feel comfortable with him. And They've won five of their last six. Right. And he's in the prime of his career. Hasn't even started the prime. He's got lots of years, so you could probably sign him something longer term too to where you might be able to lessen the blow per year against your salary cap yeah so that will be interesting and i think it's also refreshing that we're paying a quarterback for what he's going to do instead of you know paying drew Brees like he's aaron Rodgers, which he's not anymore eli manning like he's a top quarterback in football so that to me i like yeah it's definitely interesting rogers is gonna get a new deal this year though and break everybody's bank this may be a silly question but brady has restructured his deal several times with the patriots to the benefit of the team, yes, correct? And right. then he just turns his salary into guaranteed money. Right. Gotcha. Would any would that mindset ever rub off on a quarterback like Jimmy? Like, maybe mm, I should do question. a long-term? I, yeah, I do. I do think so. I, I mean, first of all, I, I think any sensible quarterback, and I want to get into that with Kirk Cousins, too. Uh, but, but, yeah, any sensible quarterback, I think, and especially coming from New England where you saw Brady make sacrifices for his yearly average, not quite to be the same as some of the other elite quarterbacks, but... Okay, yeah, he's got weapons galore around him. You're going to get, you know, $10 million can get you three quality players in a year. So that, to me, is where I would go, okay, is it really that big of a life difference-making decision if you go, you know, $25 million a year is good, I can pass on the $30 million. I mean, yeah. I, I would think you can make that up off the field just if your team wins and getting the pieces there. That would be my argument against Kirk Cousins. If he takes the franchise tag again, I would literally just go, okay, you might take the franchise tag, but I hope Which you're going to deal $34 million. I hope you would try to get a long-term deal done. Because if he just goes, no, I'll take the 34 and I'm just going to stay here, I would go, then he doesn't really want to win a football game. That would just mm. be my two cents. I, I don't think like Russell Wilson or Tom Brady would go, damn, I'm going to take up like one-fifth of our whole team's salary cri- cap this year. It's crippling. There's such different negotiations because Garoppolo is a point of excitement. We want to get this deal done. We want to work with you. Cousins, I feel like there's so much built-in contention on both sides. Yes, Cousins Cousins still doesn't feel respected and Washington still doesn't know if he's the guy. Whereas there's no doubt in San Francisco and there's all excitement. That deal will get done first. The Cousins one is going to be I don't know what's going to happen with the Cousins one. They're going to franchise him, I'm guessing, and try to work out a long-term deal. I still... And I don't think I've even told you this because I tell you stuff off air sometimes. I have still, and I don't know this from Kyle. Kyle would shoot me if I was telling this and this came from his mouth. But I really do think it was in their mind that he was going to San Francisco to get Jimmy Garoppolo and maybe trade him from Kirk Cousins. From a few insiders that I talked to around the NFL, I really think that was still a prevalent thought for them when they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. At this point. Then no they, they got pigeonholed. Once he played like that, that's when Not they realized. Visual. That's when you went, no, we found something. They did, yes. Yeah. yes, And that totally changed their tune. Uh, John Lynch but, yeah. has also asked the NFL to not put the 49ers on hard knocks. And I don't know. Can they, I mean, I would imagine that all NFL teams would say we Nobody, don't want to be on yeah. hard knocks. Right, great. Yeah, he has no say on that. I don't think they would be fun seeing Kyle on a hard night. They would be the funnest one of the group, right? It was them who the Ravens, Chargers, the Chargers. That would be a pretty good one too. 
Um, I think Washington was one of them too. Right. It's it's but the 49ers, yeah, but Kyle, Jimmy Garoppolo, the excitement, you know, John Lynch, you know, still trying to prove himself as a, a GM. Lot of stuff. They're going to have a ton of money to spend. They're going to be a different team next year. I know. They have like 80 million dollars in cap space. Should we start doing a little ultimate offseason right now? <laughs> not yet. Who do you think? Yet. Give me a receiver, <laughs> huh? Staying in the NFC West somehow yesterday in assigning coaches all over the place. And by the way, Sims, tell me if you want to change any of the coaching destinations. Uh, but we didn't do Arizona. Arizona, Bruce Arians is gone. Now Carson Palmer is gone too. But who do you see going to Arizona? Do you have a pick for them? I won't be shocked if a Betcher. James Betcher, the, the defensive, defensive coordinator. coordinator. Yeah, I do. I think he's well-respected. I like their defense. You've, you've heard me say that before. Yeah. I mean, I, I like their scheme. It it's is creative. It, it thinks outside the box a little bit. So from that, I look at, I'm going to go, well, I would have said Todd Haley before our recent developments, right? Uh, because, again, Arizona has a Pittsburgh connection. Uh, what do you mean Todd Haley's recent, what, falling at a bar? You mean getting pushed at a bar? And, I mean, it sounds like We're he got an talk- altercation, right? So, okay. you know, again, they, just I don't want to bag on Todd Haley because I actually really like Todd. He's a cool dude. He's a man's man. So here's what's interesting about Todd Haley. Todd Haley hurt his hip falling outside of a bar on New Year's Eve. Yes. Mike Garofolo said before the incident that Todd Haley's wife, Christine, was involved in a minor scuffle that ended quickly. Do you know what the name of the establishment was that Todd Haley spent his New Year's Eve? I have a feeling where you're, I don't, but I have a feeling where this is going. I know more things about this man than you do. Well, no, it, he just partied at Tequila Cowboy. Oh, okay, good. Todd Haley rang in the New Year at Tequila Cowboy. Sounds like a fun place. And then it sounds like Todd Haley just slept. You know, when you have icy relationships, that's the footing can get dangerous. But then didn't they come out with a report like early there was no that fight. somebody pushed him or something outside the I don't bar? Know. Todd Haley apparently, he just he's getting in fights with everybody. I guess so. I mean, him, Big Ben. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I mean, what? I mean, Pittsburgh. What, didn't we have Joey Porter who got in the incident as a coach just last year too? Wasn't on the that? field, he got one at a bar too. I thought. Yeah, that was the Ryan brothers as well. God. But who else? So you think maybe Betcher is your leading candidate? I do there? think Betcher. I'm trying to think of Pittsburgh. Like Munchak is certainly going to make sense there as well. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean a guy that's again in that Pittsburgh scheme or that theme uh, of just tough, hard nosed coach, hard nosed coaches. You know, do they go with one of the new young offensive guys? I don't know. I, I like Steve. Kime. I mean uh, Steve Kime, their yeah. their GM. GM. But those are the names that I think would jump out to me more than any. I was right about the yeah. Joey. It was uh, He was arrested after a bar fight after they beat Miami last right. year. See, right. I love how – but this is where you know it drives me crazy, the hypocrisy of coaches. The Just the, oh, he be the bigger won't. man. Don't, be, don't put yourself in those situations. Gosh damn it, did I hear that five fucking times a year from coaches. I mean, don't do that. Be the bigger man and walk away if they say something. And they're the first ones, as always. Hey, guys, if you fail this drug program, you're in trouble. Now, excuse me. I'm excuse an offensive line coach. Excuse me, go blow lines on go. the table. <laughs> right. You can say that? Yeah, you're good. All right, perfect. Okay. Um, <laughs> are there any coaching that you wanted to switch from yesterday? Um, I don't think so. About coaches going anywhere interesting. No, I know you're trying to. No, I'm not. All right, just trying to make you be right on the record. Uh, one coach <laughs> this, is, that, this would be a good conversation to pull up YouTube for, to watch the two of you make eyes at each other. While you're having this conversation. Well, because yes. I, I'll say it to the people listening. I know a few things, and I can't state them publicly. And of I course. told Lefko, and he's trying to fish Why me into saying that. Okay, fine. Uh, <laughs> one coach that didn't change that a lot of people are shocked by, Marvin Lewis. Yeah. Uh, he is re-signed through 2019. Right. 
And were you shocked? Because you spent all season going, Adam, he doesn't even want to coach. It's not about whether he thinks he can. He doesn't want to. Right. I mean, all season long, I knew Bruce Arians wasn't coming back. Anybody that knew anybody that's even close to the Cardinals, you knew he wasn't coming back. That was what he talked. He told people very close to him before the year. I know he tried to make that whole fake news comment last week, but that shit was real news, and we got him. Uh, So, yes, um, going back to what the hell were we just talking about? Talking about Marvin Lewis. Oh, yeah, Marvin Lewis, yes. That's where I think the the media was wrong in thinking that Cincinnati actually wanted to fire him. No, this was actually, would Marvin Lewis want to stay or not want to stay? It was up to him. He had the total power to do whatever he Did wanted shock here. you? It did surprise me, yes. I thought that he would call it quits after this. I, I, I came to this right away. When I thought about it, I said, you know why he doesn't want to quit? Because this team is a gold mine, and you he doesn't want yesterday. the next coach coming in and going to the playoffs and being 12-4. and four. So he's going to try to ride it out himself. I, I, I uh, The outrage that I hear from some places, yeah. like, uh, listen, I understand it. 15 years, no playoff wins. Right. But he's also made them extremely relevant. On a yearly basis. Here we are, the Bengals. He's changed the theme of them. A bad year. I mean, this was a bad year for the Bengals this year. They were seven and nine. I mean, that's what he's done. Before him, bad years were one and fifteen, two and fourteen, three and thirteen. So now this is what he's raised the bar to. I know he hasn't won playoff games, but he's not as bad as everybody thinks. He's a great talent evaluator. And, you know, I'll say this my last piece of this. John Gruden is viewed as a savior for the Oakland Raiders. Two games better than Marvin Lewis, career record-wise. I'm just going to say this about But Marvin I know he Lewis. won a Super Bowl. and yeah. the, You said this. Yeah. He doesn't want to leave and let somebody else come in. That's what I thought. I yeah. don't understand how it's still his choice on whether or not he gets to leave. Right. This is the longest leash I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and in a I sport know. where it doesn't happen... This is a movie ending that to me is so predictable that it's offensive. Like, I'm offended. Like, I, we've now seen this story four to five times, and I thought that, okay, we're moving on. He set up the groundwork for the next person. To me, this is like if they made another James Bond movie, and Daniel Craig already came out and said, I'm tired of being Bond, I don't want to be Bond, and then they looked around and went, we don't feel comfortable we don't know if there's another Bond out there, so we're going to make one more Daniel Craig movie. And it's like, but you're not even in it. You're like, you don't even care. My thing is, all year, Marvin Lewis didn't seem interested in being there, right? and now all of a sudden, he wants to be there. And my thing is, no, this is just like one of those crappy relationships. I mean, but did he really show you that he didn't want to be there, or did you just know that because we were saying that a little bit? You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe it's just because his body language is always... It is a little bit, and I understand that. I, I also, I mean, listen, I... I would have understood if Mike Brown wanted to just be like, hey, we're firing you and that's it, we're moving on. But I think the other thing that probably stopped ownership from drawing that line in the sand is the fact that it's a year where it's underwhelming coaching candidates. That's true. So there's no guarantee that you're going to get a guy that you really want to come in there who can actually be successful. So that's just the other caveat I'll throw out there. Yeah, I just... I know, it's crazy. I, I get you. Um, I mean, the state of Ohio... Hugh Jackson, 1-31. Marvin Lewis, no playoff wins in 15 years, yep. but they will stick by their coaches. Oh, well, Cleveland would sell their right legs to get Marvin Lewis and have his record. Uh, Carson Palmer has officially retired. Yeah, I was looking for something interesting. I do not believe he's a Hall of Famer, No, but I went and looked at his draft year, and what do you know, same draft as Chris Sims. Chris, what is it like to see the first pick in your draft officially retire? Uh, it makes me realize that I'm old, right? Um, 
and yeah, it's. Uh, I actually think I'll probably be happy once all the people I played with or played against are out of the NFL. I remember Corey Redding was somebody. Right. I'll be glad when they're all gone. I mean, just because I think I always, as an ex-player, and I feel like you know I was cheated out of my career a little bit playing wise, where I will always look at it and go, I you know like Carson, I was a guy I would look at it and go, damn, he's still playing. I'm sitting here talking to Josh and Adam. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I guess we're not what? so bad. We were senior bowl teammates. Me and uh, Carson Palmer, we yeah. played with each other on the same team. I got a lot of respect for Carson. He loves football. The situation, um, I think yeah. the most interesting part of Carson Palmer's career is the year in Oakland. When he went there via trade, right. and they were like, after three days, you're playing. Yeah. like, And it was just, I think it was with Hugh, Hugh Jackson. Jackson, it was. And it was just, he just got thrown into the Raiders. Right. And he, it was like... He was like held hostage or something like that. It was. Uh, I always wonder too. I mean, yeah, he, he, he basically got hurt in that playoff game when the first pass was a fifty-yarder. I Ocho. always will wonder what things happened right there. Right, the that Steelers. was two thousand six. Right, Bengals could have been the Steelers. Yes. So I always will wonder that. Of course, he forces his way out of town in Cincinnati. I wonder when if he stuck around. They got mm. more talent as soon as he left. Right. What they could have been, uh, because of course I do think he's better than Andy Dalton. Uh, and I'll say this: when we were in college. Like I've told you about, you know, how I used to go on Dan Patrick and do all that. They always, for like three years in a row, they were like, who's going to win the Heisman this year? And I was like, Carson Palmer, Carson Palmer. And he finally won it my senior year. But he was a guy that I always knew even when I was playing as like freshman, sophomore. I would look at USC and go, that kid's going to be in the NFL and he's going to be a high pick. I've always believed that Carson Palmer was part of the reason why Matt Leinart was so hyped up. Because since Carson Palmer was such a polished prospect, right. that the entire, or all of the quarterbacks from USC yes, are sure, polished. And sure. Matt Leinart was the next guy he in was, line. He was. Uh, I will say this who was a better quarterback in that draft? Carson Palmer, the first pick overall, or Tony Romo, who went undrafted? Tony Romo. How about that? Yeah. I, I, you know what's crazy, too, is I can remember being in a meeting room with Gruden the year before uh, Romo became the starter. Eastern Illinois And kid. he came in, yeah, and Gruden, you know, Gruden would come in and have tapes every now and then, just like random shit, like just to start a meeting, be like, yeah, let's, I'm going to show you this. I've been watching this. And he, hey, hey, guys, check this out. Watch this guy. This kid, I'm just telling you, he's going to be the next starting quarterback of the Cowboys. Watch him. Let's watch his first drive together. And we would sit there and watch his drive, and he was right. I remember I was working in a bar in Atlantic City. It was called Memories with Jerry Blavitt, big Italian spot, four bars. And the head bartender was this uh, trash man guy named Nigel. But when Nigel came into work, we're talking muscles. We're talking slick back hair. That was his chance to make a quick $1,000 bartend for one night. Yes, And he was a big Cowboy. Fan, and he comes in. And he goes, "Hey, yeah, uh, Adam." He goes, "I know you're an Eagles fan. Cowboys got this guy, Tony Romo, stud kid out of Eastern Illinois. You watch, he's going to be great." And me, college kid, thinking I knew everything, I was like, "This motherfucker." Think Tony. I was like, "He's the next Quincy Carter." <laughs> yeah, fucking Tony Romo ruined my life for like a decade. Tony Romo was awesome. Any other Gruden random film sessions that stand out? Of, like, he brought in a random tape and oh, showed it to you? you know, I mean, the one thing, a lot, I mean, so many. I mean, it was always Jerry Rice running routes against guys in, you know, nut hugger shorts in 1986, uh, whatever it may be, or showing me Joe Montana, you know, and he would always make you do things while you were watching it, right? So that's why I think it's going to be interesting because I think he's going to go to the Raiders and he 
he's going to have to make Derek Carr more of a dick and a leader. Sorry, that's just what it is. There's no stats that quantify that, right? I mean, the reason Tom Brady, one thing we don't talk about with Tom Brady, there's nothing that quantifies the fact that when you screw up a practice, you don't have to hear from Belichick. You're going to hear from fucking Brady first. Like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? That keeps a team together. It keeps everybody on their toes. Gruden always tried to instill that, and then he would be in meetings, especially when I was young. He would show me Joe Montana clips, and be like, man, Joe was awesome. He'd cuss people out if they messed up and fucked up his play. So after, like, maybe the third time we talked to him, he goes, Sims, what would Joe Montana say? And I'd have to, like, literally be like, hey, fuck you, asshole. What the fuck are you doing? And he'd like, look in at me, the meeting room. In the meeting room in front of everybody. And he'd, like, sit there. I spit on you. I'm sorry. And he would sit there and, and, like, just laugh. <laughs> Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because uh, Greg Pop out there in, in Oakland is saying that the coaching staff turned on Derek Carr after Week 17, after the Kansas City game. They called him out in front of a whole team meeting. Quote, it wasn't just the offense or the quarterbacks or a segment of the team. It was the whole team, and they ripped him. Wow. So it's, that was reporting after the Chiefs game that it sounds like they've officially gone, Derek, you're just like everybody else now. It was. Like and my I first told thought you. to that is always, when I heard Brady gets ripped all the time, I think every quarterback should be ripped I know, all the time. and they don't. A lot of times they placate to the egos and their sensitivities, and you got to hold their feet to the fire. And hey, that's Gruden will do Nikki that. Nikki G, can you call Big Phil? Uh, Big Phil, we've always believed one of our amendments is that he should be in the Hall of Fame. Here are the finalists that are up for the Hall of Fame this year. One running back, Edgerin James. Three wide receivers, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, Isaac Bruce. These are the finalists. Offensive linemen, there's five. Tony Baselli, Kevin Mawai, Joe Jacoby, Steve Hutchinson, and Alan Fanica. Middle linebacker, Ray Lewis and Brian Erlacher. Defensive backs, Everson Walls, Ty Law, John Lynch, and Brian Dawkins. I, I, I just... That's I mean, every one of those guys, other than Tony Baselli, I'm not even going to say him. I mean, other than John Lynch and Isaac Bruce, I think are slam dunk Hall oh, of it's Famers. It's unbelievable. Didn't make the cut with Steve Atwater, Rondé Barber, Tory Holt, Jimmy Johnson, man, Simeon Rice, Heinz Ward, Leroy Butler, and Roger Craig. Yeah, I mean, it's as it's as strong as a list of I ever seen. And also left out Big Phil Sims. Right. You there, Billy? Yeah, you I'm not on there. Nope, you didn't make the finals make this the year. Finalists Sorry, this year, Phil. Sorry, I'll be dang. Well, you know, there's always next year. We'll just wait and see. <laughs> have you ever made it to the semifinals or anything like that? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Early on, he made it to the semifinals one year. I think like your first or second year eligible, if I remember correctly. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I just caught the end of that um, scintillating conversation y'all were having there <laughs> about who didn't make the cut. Yeah. Well, I just oh, read you know it. what it is. What's up? There's, it's it's not like baseball. That's there's a little bit. There's so much gray area in the Hall of Fame. I think for for NFL football and baseball, we just look at his numbers. Right, right. This is what he did, and it's really clear cut because it is a game of numbers. And I think a lot of people get shorthanded or whatever uh, with the Hall of Fame in football because the numbers do lie all the time. You yeah. guys know it. Right. I know it. The fans don't know it. And probably a lot of writers don't know it. No. But that's that's okay. Let so, me do my but, best. I'm going to cut this know, list of 15 so to I'm 7. Willing, I mean, there, 
They got to put more people in. And they quit do. Worrying about it, just put more people in. I agree. Uh, they they think they're going to ruin it by watering it down. They're not. Like I don't know how you narrow it down. Of the fifteen, I came out with the Lefko Seven. Yeah. This is a lot less scientific than the Sim Six, but the Lefko Seven. I said that I would put in this year Moss and To. Right. Ray Lewis and Erlacher. Right. I think all those guys are going in. Yeah. And then if I had to do another three, I'm picking Ty Law. Joe Jacoby, and I'm putting in Brian Dawkins. I want you, Sims, to look at the list, and then I want Phil to weigh in, too. Those were my seven of the 15. Your seven yeah, of the 15. That's, that's pretty good. You know, um, I would say Erlacher, e- even though they didn't have great success as a team, all you had to do was watch him play, and really all you had to do was meet him in person. Right. Go, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You don't think so? I don't. I think he's a, he gets in the Hall of Fame in the next few years, but I just think – First, I mean, Dad, listen to these offensive linemen. Tony Baselli, Kevin Mawai, Joe Jacoby, Steve Hutchinson, Alan Fanica, all are Hall of Steve Famers Steve Hutchinson and Alan Fanica, when they were playing, I feel like I heard your dad go, oh, these guys are future Hall of Famers. Yes. Because they were dominant for like a six-year stretch. Best guards in football. Yeah, the offensive linemen definitely get the short end of it in, yeah. this, in, in this Hall of Fame voting. Joe Jacoby, oh, my gosh, for so many years. How is he still waiting? Right. The watch. He was like – he was almost as big as the quarterback. And when people talked about the Washington, of course, they had the great nickname, the Hogs, and they lived up to it, and they had great success. But, you know, Tony Baselli, he is probably the best tackle I have ever watched in really? all my years of following football, doing it in this business and all that. He's the best I've ever seen. Phil, and speaking, speaking of, was, hold on, Phil, really quick. Speaking of. back who just happened to be six foot seven. Damn. And, he can't um, hear me. 320 ever. pounds or whatever he was. Phil, yeah. speaking. I'll give you a quick story real quick. <sighs> Derek Thomas got six sacks or seven sacks. Remember that game against the I think it was Seattle, Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks and David Craig. Yes. Yes. That they was played incredible. Jacksonville the next week. So I'm doing the game. And I go to Tom Coughlin. You can imagine this conversation. I said, well, Coach, what are you going to do about Derek Thomas? You're going to double-team him? You're going to chip him? What are you going to do? And I thought Tom was going to get up out of his seat and punch me. What do you mean, what are we going to do? We're going to put our guy out there, and we're going to line him up, and let's just see who wins. And I just said, okay, thanks, Coach. (laughs) And the end of the story, they play the game, and Tony Baselli you know, we're going to make a big story out of it. Can you block him? It was a shutout. Man. The word go all the way through the game. It truly was one-on-one. And you know what? That's when it really hit me. He was a giant who had the ability of a small guy going against a much smaller guy that day in to, to wrap up Tony Baselli, it's funny, when I was looking at all these guys, I went, oh, Hutchinson was like a four-time All-Pro and a nine-time Pro Bowler. Baselli had the least amount of He's those Terrell numbers. Davis. He is. And what's interesting, Baselli <clears throat> was also drafted number one yep. to the Houston Texans and never played, so there's history there as well. But when you look at Baselli's career, I right. went, it was too short. Right. And then I hear Phil Sims get on here and go, oh, no, he's the best tackle I've ever seen. Yeah. And then you go... Well, fuck. I know. Maybe the numbers don't matter. I know. It's going to be tough. It really will be. Well, it is. And it's, you know, that bothers me a little bit. I do think there's, look, bring more people in it. Uh, I think offensive linemen, more than anybody, get get messed over. Uh, I think they need to put special teams players in there because there's such a huge impact. You know, I look at Steve Tasker. Come on, all those Buffalo teams, he was an unbelievable impact player on special teams. And it, I think it is something special. They they take that role, and it takes away from the other stuff that they're going to do for the football team. Oh, 
well, I don't want to be so great on special teams. Let me catch a few passes, too. Yeah. Right. And, you know, you see Matthew Slater. And, you know, Christopher, listen, the best punter I've ever seen in the NFL is Sean Landetta. Yeah. Hell yeah. And, Eagle and, and you know, It's not because he was my teammate. Just because in big games, oh, whatever, he, always he was it. a difference maker. Hey, well, this is for he both of you guys. in Chicago in a playoff game, but you had to be there to understand it. The wind was unbelievable <laughs> and all that stuff. But I, I, we would stop practice when Sean was – we'd have punt team. Everybody would stop and watch him because it was like an explosion every time he hit the football. Big breath. He kicked in the USFL. He came to the NFL and kicked all those times. And I've said it a lot of times. I'll say it one more. We won the NFC Championship game against the Washington Redskins in 1986 season, or 1987, because Sean Landetta was unbelievable punting the football in 35, 45-mile-an-hour wins, where their kick punter, I can't remember who it was, couldn't get the ball more than 10 feet off the ground because the wind was knocking it down. So... It kills Lawrence Taylor when I tell that story. When you when you hear Adam trying to butt in, do you hear him, or are you just going to keep talking in the hell with him? Oh, I can't hear him. Oh, good. Okay, him. good. <laughs> and, and, and wait, and why would you yell at me like that? Oh, I just want, I wasn't yelling. All right, this was a question for Big Brad. He asked, does Devin Hester have a chance at the Hall of Fame when he becomes eligible? Well, Dad just answered that. Yeah, but I want to know what he, you know. He said special teams, but he didn't say Devin Hester. I know, but I mean, there's he's the greatest returner in the the history of the sport. What do you think, Phil? I think my son just answered for me. Because right. I want to make sure I'm really paying attention to you because I couldn't hear you before. So. <laughs> well, it's funny he tries to butt in when you're talking, <laughs> you know, Dad, and you keep my feelings. He yelled at me. Hey, can you hear him when he's? Well, of course, if I heard him, you know, I got. Pretty good manner, son. I would have uh, shut up and let him ask me. I, Anything else there, Mr. Adam, you want to ask me? I got another one for you. This Saturday at noon at the stadium, Cleveland Browns fans are holding a parade for going 0-16. Phil, if you were on the Browns and they went and you went 0-16 and the fans had a parade, what would your reaction be? Would you go? What, what would you think as a Brown? Would I go if I was a player? <laughs> Of course not. What are you kidding me? And I think it's silly. I don't know what else to say. It speaks for itself. Do we have to even comment on it that they're going to have a parade or whatever they're going to do? And I, hey, good. Good luck. I hope the weather's beautiful and y'all have a nice day celebrating the fact that your team went 0-16. Speaking of weather, one more for you, Phil. Belichick, before the Jets game, made sure that his staff hung up a thermometer outside the Jets' locker room to remind them just how cold it was. This <laughs> well, is why Belichick's great. So, he, I mean, it's like they practice in some bad weather, too. Yeah, but, but it's yes, just... I can believe Bill did that. It's the best. It's, it's just constant, just, you know... Keep the brainwash going. Have and you? Whatever he's doing is working out well. I'll say that. Any Parcells little things that you remember, or any other coaching little mind? We call them mind fucks, but I know you don't curse like that. But <laughs> do, do, is there anything like do you've ever seen like that where coaches have been able to mess with other teams like that before? Um, no, I can't think of any. Bill was never big into that, and and uh, you know, I don't know. You I always wore coming, you always that? wore white at home, right, with the Cowboys. That's the one thing I've tried to tell them. We did it a couple times, not always. Okay. Yes, we did do it. We did it in 1980. The, my second year, we were horrendous. <laughs> they were really good, and we came out. We couldn't score if the other team left the field. We were so bad. <laughs> but that day, 
I'll never forget, Roger Stahlback did the game. He was announcing for CBS, and he talked to me. He says, what do you think? And I said, hey, I think we're going to just shred them. I'm going to this, this, that. He looked at me like, wow, you are young and stupid. <laughs> and I think the Cowboys were 7-2. and two. We were 1-8. and eight. And I'm not sure. I think we ended up winning 38-35. to 35. Wow. So I was, for once, I was right on a prediction. So there you go. But, yeah, no no special things. I remember a coach yelling at Bill once after the game was over. I was standing next to him. You ran a score up on us. And Bill said something pretty quick and turned that, you know, not to get a, in a confrontation. He turned and looked at me. He goes, oh, now it's my job to watch the score for his team? And I said, wow, great answer. You know, oh, I got to coach his team, his team too for him. Yep. And we, we, we walked away. It was great. Bill was pretty funny in situations like, oh, well, you know, Bill was very superstitious, Adam. Okay. With the Gatorade dunk. Because once it happened when we won the game. They had to do it every we week. Gotta, we got to repeat it. Carl Banks. Right. Yeah. Harry Carson. So that, Harry that Carson. Last, last question. What did you think of Baker Mayfield? Did you guys talk about the playoff game? What, what was your assessment of how he looked and what he's going to be as a pro? I have always liked Baker. Right. I think that uh, – I think it's – what I'm in, excited about, Phil, is the two months before the draft when everyone starts picking apart these kids and forgetting the things that they do well. And when we start comparing Baker to Johnny Manziel because they are both similar in stature and both seemingly eccentric off the field, I'm excited to see Baker's stock fall and him go to a team that's already good so that he can be a star in this league. That's what I'm hoping for. Hmm. Well, that's, boy, that's a pretty strong take. Uh, of course, I like him. I think he's the purest passer-thrower combo, I guess, of the guys coming out. Yeah, it's natural. When he wants to step on it, he can. He, I think he has great touch. Um, the thing that would worry me, yes, a little bit of, you know, Adam, you've got to be concerned about some of the stuff and his actions. They are not going to fly in the NFL. Heck, his own teammates will take care of him, you know, if you, you do certain things like that. Uh, but, but what I did notice when he was pressured in the game, right. that he played small. Mm. In other words, when they kind of surround him, he couldn't run. Yep. And you know he's not going to be a great scrambler in the NFL. No. So, you know that speed is not going to correlate to the NFL. No, you saw it that game. He couldn't really scramble against Georgia. Yeah. As once Georgia got a handle, oh, okay, we kind of feel this offense out. Right. I thought their their athletes really engulfed the Oklahoma team, and everybody was yelling and screaming. They took it out of Baker Mayfield's hands. Were you watching the game? They couldn't protect him. He was always rolling out, throwing it away, whatever. So they were just trying to make it work with their system. But that was the one thing that stood out. When they engulfed him and he couldn't run, you know, he – hey, look, he's young. He didn't – I don't say he panicked. He just looks smaller. Yeah, Everybody right. always says the same thing to me, Christopher. I say this every year. Size is right, a he's skill. He's almost the same height as Drew Brees. Right. Well, Drew Brees is six one, with shoulders that are very wide and extremely long arms and big very ass big hands. hands. Yeah. And he's been nothing but a pure pocket passer his whole life. Right. And he's a better athlete than people even have any imag- uh, inclination to. And look at him this year. All these years in the league, he's running around more this year than I've ever seen him in his whole career and making throws. So that, that comparison never holds water with right. the height. No, it's the body type, which is more important. Yep, I got you. All right, you the man, Big Phil. Thanks for coming All right, on. guys. Okay, I'm still a little hurt y'all yelled at me, but I'll get over it. We didn't yell at you. We are just trying to talk over you. 
Yeah. Okay, good. All right, see you. See you, Phil. I'm exhausted. He, I, I mean, I, that's why I, I he was. He can't hear me. I guess not. He can't hear in general. Fucking. Hell. I mean, you could be four feet from him. He can't right, hear. So I gave my left. What were your picks? If you had to pick seven oh, for the Hall seven. of Fame, okay. I know right off the bat, I'm going Ray, Randy, and Terrell. Okay, so okay. that's three. That's three. I am going to go. Man, I'm going to go Joe Jacoby as four. Okay. I am going to go. Ty Law. I almost did. I put Ty Law in. I thought you did. I did. It's under there. Yeah. Ty Law is five. So we have five for five. The same. Yep. Um, I'm probably going to go Kevin Mawai. One of these other offensive linemen's got to get in. Okay, so, so it's six, and you get one more. I'm giving you seven. Hmm. Maybe that's where it does go. Urlacher or. Ooh, I I. I I think out of this group right here, I would probably go Brian Dawkins. So here's what I did. I was thinking that maybe you were going to pick John Lynch over Brian Dawkins. I don't think John Lynch is a Hall of Famer. Well, let me tell you something. Yeah. So I, I did a Hall of Fame in their prime. Right. And as a staunch Brian Dawkins fan, I yeah. want to see how he stacked up to John Lynch. Right. If John Lynch gets in over Brian Dawkins, I am going to be furious. Yeah. Because it's just because John Lynch is a GM and that he was he won oh, a Super Bowl. He's, he's quietly politicking behind the scenes. Lynch for sure. played 15 seasons. Brian right. Dawkins played six. Lynch and Brian Dawkins both went to nine Pro Bowls. Brian Dawkins made four All-Pro teams. Lynch made two. Brian Dawkins had 37 interceptions, returned two to the house. Lynch had 26 interceptions, none to the house. Brian Dawkins forced 36 fumbles, took one to the house. John Lynch forced 16, took none to the house. Brian Dawkins had 26 sacks. Lynch had 13. Brian Dawkins also had 160 more tackles. John Lynch in the playoffs, 6-6, two interceptions. Brian Dawkins, 10-8. Four interceptions, two sacks. Right. He's just better than them in every category. I, I can't Lynch believe is on a better you, team. you thought I was just going to pick because he was on my team. You thought I was that kind of person, huh? That no, that's how much I love Brian Dawkins. Yeah. That I, I, I was like, if he even thinks about oh, it, no, I I, I'm, I'm very realistic with my player evaluations. I, I really, literally, as I do them, I try to talk to myself and go. Okay, are you being personal there? Right. Or Lynch was a really good safety on great defenses. You said great it exactly defenses. right. Brian Derek Dawkins Brooks, Mar- was Marsha. the number one weapon you had to worry about when you played the Philadelphia Eagles. It started with him. Lynch was down the line. I mean, you went, damn, Sap, uh, Brooks. Oh, shit, Simeon Rice. Shit, Booger McFarlane? Oh, yeah, and they got Rondé John Lynch Ronde Barber back yeah. there. That's right. Let's for, That's literally how. When you played the Philadelphia Eagles. It was Dawkins 1, and then it was like Hugh Douglas and Jeremiah Trott. I mean, yeah, sure. Troy they were good Vincent. players, but you didn't have to do like like extra game planning to no. avoid them. Right. No. So Brian, Brian Dawkins, Dawkins you were the... literally like, oh, no, no, we can't run to Brian Dawkins. We got to run. If he's over here, we're going to check to 96 Seattle, yeah. and uh, I'm going to give a Mike Holmgren New York check. Okay, easy, easy, easy. We're going to go Mike Holmgren, yeah. Buffalo, Mike Holmgren, Boston. Because it was 96 Seattle and he was coaching them, right? Yep. And then we've got Rocker, 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 Rocker. Fucking hell, you put now, one, you put one clip is, online. Yeah. Now he wants to show people he can get plays down. 36 Tyson, 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 Tyson. Matt Hassan you know asked I said this those? question. Rocker or Tyson? Rocker would be a play to the right, and Tyson would be a throw Look to the tight end. He's such a fucking know-it-all. He didn't know shit, but he answers it like he knows. And he, yeah, It was meant dummy snap count, because oh, they were dummies. You knew that. John Rocker and Mike Tyson. 
Yeah, I get I done with games and Tyson people would go. So smart. People would go. Wait, why were you guys saying Tyson so much? <laughs> Matt Hassan asked this question. I love this question. Hello, Matt. If the Browns and Patriots completely switched front offices, coaching staffs, but the players remain the same and they had a full off season, how would each team do next season? Wow, that's a great question. Um, it would be very close total record. I mean, very close. So the players because stay the, same. the the Patriots are not like you don't play the Patriots and people go oh man how are we going to deal with this talent on this football team who would have the better record <sighs> who would you bet on I would still bet on Brady with the Pats just because of Brady I, and I have no faith in a Kaiser at this point and the, like they'll manage it and we'll go oh Kaiser might be a good starter <laughs> in this NFL but. I still think I'd probably go. There's enough on New England between Brady and Gronk and the two corners and the safety, even though they wouldn't be as well coached. That even they if could, the coaches don't show up, Brady will run the they offense. Can, exactly. Like they'll, 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 that team will just fall into an 8-8 eight and eight record where like Bill would go to Cleveland and change shit around. You'd go, man, that was ugly, but they went 8-8. Eight and eight. They did it. I don't know how they did it, but they did. I mean, the mother effort went 11-5 and five with Matt Castle. Uh, Tom Spencer from overseas was asking about Jarvis Landry. Could he be a top five wide receiver with a good quarterback, or is he forever destined to catch screens and pick up three yards? Yeah, I, I think that's what he is, okay? I, I, and again, I've been critical of him in the past, and I don't mean to be critical. I always get critical when I get annoyed with people overstating players, right? Yes. Like, Jar, you know, that talk right there, like a little bit like Jarvis Landry, is he one of the five best receivers? Hell no, not even close. He's really awesome, and if you have the right offense, he's that perfect, you know, slot receiver, more physical than a Julian I Edelman. I would love to see him on the Patriots. I mean, he would be perfect for that kind of offense. The, the Saints, maybe Kyle Shanahan out in San Francisco. I, I guess a nice compliment to an over-the-top right, guy. Because I, right, because I always— Landry and Goodwin would be a nice little two It would be amazing, because it would be like Sanu in Atlanta that Kyle I was going to say it's like Ocho Cinco and Hushman Zada. Sure, exactly right. Landry does not go—they don't put— Landry outside and go, hey, beat man, that guy. we're gonna, yeah, you're gonna beat him all day. And when you're one on one, you're gonna throw it. No, he can't beat people like that. When he plays really good corners like that, and he's on the outside, he has trouble getting open. But when you put him in the slot, he's phenomenal route runner. He is fearless. Yeah, I mean, and he can break tackles, which is really rare at that position. Uh, obviously, we're, during this off season, we're gonna have a lot of you know fixing teams and planning and stuff. I thought about it this year. You need to do an official top 100 players in the NFL. Oh. And I think sometime this offseason... When I get done with my Levitard yeah, Top 70. We're all, we're all done. I just think that it's hard to go, do you put a quarterback, do you put an offensive lineman? Extremely hard. But we always shit on it, so I feel like we should do our own. Okay. So that when it comes time to see theirs, we go, oh, their list is fucked. Maybe we do it together. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, cool. Uh, and then the only other thing I wanted to say that I got from online was Jay Donkin said that he met George Tolliver, the vice president of ref development for the NBA, and he asked him about what do you think about former players refing because he listens to the podcast. And uh, George Tolliver said that he actually wants former players more than anybody else. He thinks they make the best candidates, but he can't get anyone to come out. Right, NBA is going to be hard because they get all got too much money. So Way they're like, too much fucking Are you money. kidding me? You expect me to go there and stay in the Marriott? <laughs> too random things about rookies. Look, I know you went real hard on Todd Gurley as the MVP. Well, he's not even the leading rusher in the NFL. No, It's Kareem Hunt, my pick for rookie of the year before the season. (laughs) Think about this. After fumbling on his first snap, Kareem Hunt ended the year and didn't fumble 
a single other time. Damn. That was the only first snap he fumbled. Yeah. Didn't fumble the rest of the year. He's the first rookie to lead the NFL in rushing with fewer than two fumbles. That's, That's incredible. It is amazing. Other rookie that did really great this year, Marshawn Lattimore. I think it's either going to be Kamara and Lattimore for the two rookies in the year, maybe Hunt and Lattimore, but I think it is going to be Lattimore. Saints rookie quarterback Marshawn Lattimore scored more touchdowns than the three wide receivers picked ahead of him combined. Corey Davis, John Ross, and Mike Williams. You said more touchdowns? More touchdowns. Marshawn Lattimore? Marshawn Lattimore, the defensive back, scored more touchdowns than Corey Davis, John Ross, and Mike Williams combined. And what's crazy is is that Corey Davis and John Ro- Corey Davis, the Titans, could really use. A I Marshawn. can't remember two pick sixes. So. I think he had two or three. He had two or three. And Corey Davis, John Ross, and Mike Williams combined had less. Might, might, might do. Yeah. I mean, hey, Lattimore is a freak show. I just, I mean, just watching that film once again. Yeah. Uh, them against the uh, who the hell did they play Bucks. this last week? But the, the the Bucks. I mean. Mike Evans, yeah, he had some catches. Sure, I think he had like five catches for 70 yards. But what people don't realize is that's a win. That's a win. Yeah. When you can go, hey, we're just going to put one guy on this guy who would go for 10 catches, 250 yards against all other corners, but yet you held him to 5 to 70, and they threw the ball out his way like 11 times. I think it was 11 targets. Yes. And when people catch it, he's all over them too. So uh, he's he's superstar. We are going to do again, Top as I said, corner. tomorrow with all of our uh, picks. Sims is going to give full 10 to 15-minute breakdowns of how he sees it going. Because if he's not going to bet great, we know that you will. I will tell you, though, I think we went 7-1 and one in the playoffs last year. Okay. Right, because we went we went four for four in the wild card. Right. No, the only one we got wrong was Detroit because they didn't cover against Seattle. Seattle. We thought they were. Mm-hmm. We went three and one, and then we went four. We went seven and one in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Right. The playoffs. These are the teams we've covered all year. Yes. Uh, but one thing that I said on the uh, week seventeen recap was that Patrick Mahomes was my player that set the bar. You said I want to go back and watch the film to make sure. What did you see on the film? Holy crap. Give me a little praise before you give my whole hey, praise. Hey, you're, 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 you're on it. Well, I mean, listen, you're no idiot. And, and again. <laughs> oh, thanks. Wow. <laughs> Let's save that. Let's clip that. I, I, I mean that in the most respectful way in the fact that, you know, people think just because a guy's got a fancy business card and works in the front office of some football team that they all, like, know what they're doing. I, I would argue that, shit, you know as much as more than more of the people in front offices and football value what did, players. What did you see I know. I'm Patrick. getting back on it. Shut up. Well, no. Yeah. I, I, I know I get a lot of props. <laughs> no, uh, please, please continue. Um, I, the first thing that I'll just say, to be able to come in that situation and be that comfortable and just be like, ah, oh, it's third and 14, I'll break a tackle from Von Miller, and then oh, I'll just throw a 105-mile-per-hour fastball right down the middle of the field. No problem. I mean, that's what I think first amazed me, just to go like, man, zero fluster in Denver. And I know it didn't have any meaning, but Von Miller was out there. Keep Tlaib were out there. The ball, like, you have to double take at times, especially on the coach's film, because that's only I only watched it on the coach's film. But, like, I had to, like, slow it down and be like, man, let me fucking frame by frame here. That ball, I can barely see it on the screen. Wow. I mean, he threw a few of those, like, third and 15 curl routes over the middle. And, you know, I slow it down, motion by it. He has such a flexible arm. And he has such good upper body mechanics that he can just throw the ball with such great power. I'm amazed by it with such ease. 
you know, whether it was the post down the middle of the tight end, yeah. whether it was the amazing throw that you first alluded to At the to end me. of the game, it was, you guys, you got to watch it. He Patrick made Mahomes' throws, last drives was wild. Was wild. I mean, that throw there, to be running to your right, and then, okay, he's literally, let's just say, in front of him is six, or, you know, in front of him is six o'clock, behind him is 12 o'clock. He's running to 11 o'clock and then throws a ball to like five, four o'clock, five o'clock. Completely across his body. Completely across his body, down the field, in the air, right on stride. Even With so, the game on the line. The game on the after, line. After a fumble put the opposing team, like, tied it up. Yes. And you had let the entire lead evaporate. Yes. He goes out there on the final drive and goes, watch this. I got Rogers this. Shit. No problem, yeah. guys. And, yeah, I mean, just some of those. Some of the it throws. It was exactly what you want to see as a Chiefs it fan. It is. It was amazing. He's going to be a superstar. He's a natural at the position. I'll do my usual Josh question. Yeah. Uh, what are the rest of the Chiefs players thinking when they're watching that on the sideline? I, 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 I mean, I think you heard a little bit in the preseason, like just about when there was reports, like, man, uh, Mahomes is bombs away every day in practice. Yes. I mean, that that comes from the players, that, that, and uh, they're watching that. They've seen enough of it to go, this kid's the real deal. And when guys like that, you know, you have a day, he's coming off the sidelines and going. Way to show him, man. You the man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That I, was that was. I'm amazing. telling you, the only game I watched other than Red Zone was that game. And the thing that I like to watch a lot is how teammates treat a player when they come off and the they field. Were yeah, what were they? Just like Garoppolo. Right. Everyone loves touching him. Right. They just come over and they hit him on the helmet. Yeah. They smack him yeah. because they just want to be a part of him. Yeah. He's the future. You're the man. But the yeah. good thing with having Andy Reid is... It's Alex Smith's team. Yeah. It's set in stone. But that was exact. I thought it was exactly what you want to see out of no a doubt. No. It was really and cool now they see. have no questions about next year. They can go, hey, this kid can come in right away and, and manage the offense. This, I forgot I saw it random Instagram DMs. Yeah. Uh, this one is from uh, N. Brunetti. Sims, you were cast for The Bachelor. But do you think you might have been a better fit for the Jersey Shore? <laughs> jersey, Jersey, Jersey. S- Fendra, can you imagine Sims on the Jersey Shore with Ronnie? Man. And uh, the situation? I felt like it was my whole high school. I don't uh, know if you'd stoop that low. No. I think you're I above. wouldn't stoop low enough for either one. You're above that. Yeah. Uh, not, nope. Nope. The Bachelor, you would do a good bachelor job Bachelor would on. have been total debauchery. <laughs> it would have been a disaster. Sims would have been like, I've been like I, I was in the bedroom with her last night, but I want to give this one the rose because I haven't tried her yet. <laughs> oh, I, no, no. But, oh, yeah. That's right. I'm He's sorry. the Bachelor. No, I, that's right. No, yeah. that's right. Yeah, okay. he knows what's I going on. I was thinking you were the Bachelorette, and you were like, you were like, oh, you were with her? Well, I was hanging out with her last night. I hope my works that I could say that stuff. Yeah, sure. Okay, good. He you'll, says that. You'll cut it out later. <laughs> uh, let us now do an updated Sims MVP. I have like my, I have my official MVP. Like, I it? have it. I've done it. I really thought about it this weekend because Peter King wanted to know my top five. He was taking it. I went on Peter King's well, podcast. And for say, Peter, Sims will do it. Yeah. But for this, well, it's on, uh, so Calais here, Campbell. Hold on. Here are no, your, it hasn't. Here were your top five. If I added up all the points from the entire season thus far, right. number five, Todd Gurley. Number four, Aaron Rodgers. Right. Number three, Russell Wilson. Number two, Carson Wentz. Number one, Tom Brady. Yeah. Do you want to give your five here? We've been doing three all year. Yeah. Who's your number five? Oh, I don't even know my number five. You just said you gave five to oh, Peter Oh, okay. King. My number five. Oh, you're right. I did. But like You literally just said that. 
<laughs> Who was my fifth? Oh, number five is Rob Gronkowski. Rob Gronkowski comes in at number five. This is going to be the last official one. We're yes. not doing this anymore. This is Please. it. Thank God. So Rob Gronkowski comes in at number five. Yep. Number four. Number four. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, number five in the final. Technically, he's number three in the <laughs> Lefko doesn't matter rankings. <laughs> number three. Man, this is where it was. I'm Tom Brady. Tom Brady at number Tom three. Tom Brady. Yeah. Again, according to the Lefko doesn't matter MVP rankings, he's technically your MVP. Yes. Right. Number two. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. And that means that your MVP for the 2017 NFL season for Chris Sims is... Carson. Wow. Wade. I thought you were going to pick Le'Veon Bell. Look at that. I probably should have put Levy on Carson five. Carson Wentz. So why Carson Wentz over Tom Brady? I really Brady? thought about this and all Todd weekend. Gurley. Yeah, I really th- I thought about it all weekend. I was really like, man, I don't even know what to do. I almost texted you on Sunday, like, dude, I, I'm really like, don't know what to do here. I was I was juggling it in my mind. I think I came down to the simple fact of listen, Brady's awesome. He's going to probably win the MVP. I recognize that. I don't think I would vote for him. I know he's had an awesome year, and what he's doing at 40 has never been seen before. I mean, that's amazing. I don't amazing. think that's part of the argument. But that's though. what I mean. I don't. But that's the number one argument I hear. He's. This is amazing what he's doing at 40. I don't give a shit. I know. It doesn't make any sense, but that's what happens when the media it's votes on this crap. It's not old person. I know, but it's that's the, I'm just telling you. So that, even though it was great, Great year, and he's 40, doesn't mean he was the MVP of football. And I think really, especially the last four or five weeks, take that away from him, too. And I think it's also why I put Rob Gronkowski. Right. And we it's had that conversation. It's been a lot of Deion Lewis and Rob Gronkowski it, it has been. And, and defense. And Brady, I mean, again, they're winning games, and he's clutch as hell so when they need him So why Carson Wentz over Gurley? Yeah, okay. So then Gurley, I went into it, and I just was, okay, Gurley was really awesome. He's the focal point, you know, second-leading rusher or whatever, you know, second-leading receiver on their football team, all those things. Awesome. Yes. But I just went back to the fact that, man, the guy I watched for the first 14 weeks of the season, Carson Wentz, was the best player on the field almost every Sunday of the season that he was available. Almost every one. I he mean, was your number one MVP in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight weeks. I didn't give him the credit early in the year because I kept going, yeah, let me see it. He's still young. And, so, he was, and he was number two for two other weeks. So right. for nine straight weeks, he was either your your best player or yeah. your second best player in the NFL. Right. I, and, and young and guys, it's not fair. It was completely worth well, it. Well, young guys, I, I, I make them earn stripes early in the year, so I don't put them in it right away. Like right. I gave Brady a you know a second week MVP consideration, I think, yeah. and things the like third that. Third week he was the MVP. Yeah. Um, so to, to, from that, the fact that uh, I mean he still led the league in touchdown passes, other than Russell Wilson, and he didn't yes. play the last few weeks. The the fact that have you seen your Eagles offense yes. lately? Okay, right. And then you know all the stats that back it up, and the fact that the third down conversions and that's all dropped down since you, he's coming you out. You know how I right. feel about Hall of Fame and MVPs. Yeah. Can what was the story of the season? Yeah. 
what was your story? Hall of Fame. Can I tell you the story of the NFL without mentioning Ty Law? I can't. Right. Because of what he did in that defense in New England. Can I tell the 2017 story without Carson Wentz? Yeah. No. I think he was the story. Right. And we have seen an MVP. Was it Steve Young that won it in 14 weeks or was that Joe Montana? I think it was Joe Montana. And Joe Montana played, like, missed three games right. and he 89, won. 89, I believe. But you right? think it will go to Brady, but Carson Wentz is your pick. Yes, I, I do. I think Brady will get it but yeah i don't like the reasons brady's getting it the fact that you know I, you know you know again i don't know i can't know it's, it's it just sounds like they're just giving it to him because well he's the quarterback of the team with the best record yeah. montana won 89 89 and 90 man that's right he won it in 92 jeez all right so now it is time for celebration rankings this will continue into the playoffs it's a bigger stage yep people are still trying to upend two of the leaders we got to tape a new celebration rankings right after the super bowl ends in okay Minneapolis. Yeah. <laughs> is that right we'll come find you yeah we'll do it on the field no, and stands forever Week six, Golden Tate's people's elbow is still the number one in terms of individual. Week eight, Steelers bench press is still number one for team. Uh, we have one team and we have three individuals. First individual. Will hey, be- uh, happy New Year, guys. Happy nice, New you Year to you, too. Do we, Thank you, guys. Do we not do that at the end? I thought we did. Beginning? Yeah. Uh, first Happy one, yeah. uh, Juju Smith-Schuster threw an actual snowball. Last week, he said that he was going to, that he pretend one. This time, he actually threw one at Martavis Bryant. I, I wish it. he went back and got another one. He packed it poorly. He did. Poorly oh, packaged, yes. Take poorly. a second, Juju. Uh, this one is Marquise Goodwin is going to score a touchdown, and then I don't even know what this dance is. It's a lot of elbows. It's high knees. That's what and I then did. He's uh, going to get down that Texas two step. He gets down and then does a little wiggle as well. That's what I did when I walked out of my bar mitzvah. You did that move yeah. right there. Yeah, I can picture you doing that. First of all, just Goodwin. That was a brutal hit. Oh my gosh. And I mean, it's just amazing. I, I don't, I'm not trying to make fun here or anything. I'm being totally serious. Like the, the, Blake Countess, the twitchies. Like, did you see the twitchies? Was when he was on the ground? I mean, that's what I'm just kind of like Tom Savage. It was like the he, brain, the synapse. It was like he firing. like tried to catch the ball still, like, and it was the play was over for like four seconds, and he was still like doing that. It's I just when you cut a chicken's head off, they can still run. I know, I know. You my, know my, the my, brain's firing. I told you, my grandma used to just rip their heads off. I've told you guys that story. Have you really done this that in many? Kentucky? Yes. And the, she would just rip the heads off. That's why we got into the conversations about my grandmother's man hands and all yes. those kind of things through the years. I was going to say, are you drinking that much these days? <laughs> yes. She used to just pop the heads off with her bare hands. And then they would run around. And then she could you know, blood some, squirting. Yeah, out. sometimes. <laughs> like a little sip. Yeah, like Kentucky. Top. Uh, this one, I think, is I'm putting in the celebration. Matt Stafford scored. He caught a two-point conversion. And then he proceeds to throw the oh, ball into deck. the upper deck. And a fan actually catches it. Wow. A fan catches it up there. But Matt Stafford just launches it in the upper deck. That's awesome. Just launches it. That's awesome. That's what I like. That's what I, I would have done. I knew you fucking liked it. That's, <laughs> That's the I am going to say that this is not a, it's kind of a team, but it's also individual. You throw it over the stadium. I threw it to the Buccaneers ship. Buccaneers Ship. Yeah. But Kyle Williams scored a touchdown and then they threw the ball up any given Sunday and then they acted like it was a grenade. And not even practiced. Not even practice. Is that a team or an individual? That's a team. That's a team. But okay. he, he lit- I talked to him this morning. Oh, on PFT. And he literally said that no, there was no practice. I got the touchdown and I just said he threw the ball in there and he said bomb drop and they all just fell. All right. So <laughs> best individual of the week. Juju Snowball, Stafford upper deck throw, Marquis Goodwin dance. Stafford upper deck throw. Uh uh I did like Stafford Juju, upper deck throw or Golden Tate's people elbow. 
I'm going to go Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Sorry. Wins the regular season celebration ranking. Steelers bench press or Kyle Williams surprise grenade? I mean, it's great that it's, you know, a big defensive lineman doing that and it's unpracticed, but I'm still. And it's his first time making the playoffs in his entire career. Yes, and he had his kids in the locker room, but I'm still going the the bench press. And your regular season champions for celebration, the Steelers bench bench press in week eight and the Golden Tate people elbow. Juju Smith-Schuster, though, would win the overall MVP celebration award. Like, every week he had something we looked at almost. He really did. Right? But it also takes me back to a time where I know that we're we're enjoying the celebrations now, but that year were Ocho Cinco and Terrell Owens oh, yeah, no. every week. And when I'll never forget being a kid and seeing Terrell bring the marker out and sign a ball. And the next week, Ocho Cinco's wearing the gold jacket, and that really pissed people off. Right. How dare you say you're a Hall of Famer right. while you're still playing? Right. That was such an epic time of celebrations. But I, I have you think it's been a success? We used to argue all the time. You didn't like celebrations. You got really upset. Last year when Antonio Brown twerked, well, I, I get mean, you got the, pissed. The crotch throw. I you don't need your balls you in my like face. You didn't like a lot of crotch. Right. Too much crotch. Right. This year, celebrations. Were yeah. they a success? It's great. Great success. Wow. really is. Yeah. It's gotten people. It's like the Grinch all like of a sudden fan- found Christmas. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, it, it's, it's brought more fans to the, ba- the, the base, too. I mean, like, you know, like fantasy football. Like, I, I just, I heard women, my mom, talking about celebrations this year and stuff where, I never would have heard that before. Uh, so I went through and I tabulated Sims's record on guaranteed to lose. Oh, how dare you! But you're going to have to tune into tomorrow's podcast, the pick <laughs> show. That's when we do our. How picks. dare you tease me? Uh, let me just say that your first half and your second half were very different. Interesting statistics that you'll only find out. Sims and Lefko, the wild card pick show. Don't ask any more questions. What we call it? Tease. My but, last few weeks probably haven't been that good. But I w- were they or were they? <laughs> Who knows? I will say one thing for tomorrow: the Titans Super Bowl odds before the season to win the Super Bowl. The Titans were forty to one. Right. There are only twelve teams left, and their odds are now one hundred to one. So their odds got worse after they made the playoffs. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting. I mean, yeah. I don't even... If you bought a 41 ticket, you're going, shit, I would you, like, rebuy it at 100 to 1? Right. I don't know. So the Patriots are the favorites. Patriots are the favorites. Vikings are two. And the Vikings are two just because the Steelers are going to have to play the oh, Patriots. Oh, I, I didn't check. I just remember last time I looked. No, it was just, the Vikings. Yeah, okay. Uh, let us now go to iTunes comments. Hello, iTunes comments. How are we doing on time? Oh, it's a good show. Great show, great show. You gonna read the uh, one star review we got? No. Are you skipping that one? No. It's the, the, a guy went on for about two paragraphs, and he ended it with, "I hope someone smacks Lefko in the face." It was a little aggressive. Well, the the, the, the true thing was, what is was he angry about? Half the points that he said we had made, we have never said. Do we want to read it? I don't know. I'm no, not no. interested. All right. No. It's a good, thanks for listening. He clearly has been listening for like a very yes, long time. But he was wrong on some of his facts? Yeah. It's just he was saying that the way we felt about like the, the people sucked that we always said we're hey, good. Hey, you got to watch fake news, man. You got to watch those tweets from that guy that's the president about global warming. I will warming. read this one, though. This is the goats from Austin Cham 33 You guys are awesome. I love listening to the pod. It gets me through the work day. I even listen to y'all when working out. It's better hearing football talk than let the bodies hit the floor. Uh, Lefko, you're the man from the start to the end. You're full of energy and extremely personable. Um, 
Sims, you're one cool cat. You're about to explode after this season, man. Thanks, man. And he goes on to say, keep up the good work. Can't wait to see how this year finishes out. Hopefully one day I'll work alongside you guys at BR. That's the dream. Appreciate you guys. Prediction I made at the beginning of the season, Chiefs-Vikings in the Super Bowl. Peace out. Super Bowl four rematch. Austin Cunningham. I think I said that before the year, too, that those two teams were going to be really good. The Chiefs-Vikings? Yeah, just because they played in a preseason game, and I was like, holy fuck, these teams are enormous. Uh, this one is from Lejeune Watson, Sims and Lefko. crazy thoughts. Still, it still could happen. Still could happen. Yep. Love the podcast, guys. Keep up the great work. Podcast, best podcast ever. Love how you guys compliment each other. Only thing missing is me in the middle hitting with the jokes. Keep up the excellent work, wow. guys. Thank you. A lot of people are trying to get jobs. What, what am I doing here? They want you out of here. They want me to shove your face yep, in the right mic and beat you up. So we, we go two buttons unbuttoned even underneath the sweater now? Yeah, yeah we do. Wow. Uh, it's a podcast day. Damn. I'm trying, you know, trying, trying to, to look good. Okay. Joshua Horton, you Need guys some are inclined in- bench press. <laughs> yeah, you think? Get a little, little stack. <laughs> a little stack up there. Uh, you guys are undisputedly the best NFL analysts out there because you don't give it a big media bias. Wish yeah. I, wish I would have spent all that time listening to you instead of Colin Cowherd. Never will I go back. Good Good stuff. Keep it up. Thanks, homie. Uh, speaking of coward, we go here. Black Lax Bro 69. Lit. Uh, great podcast. Have you heard Colin Cowher's crazy theories about why Belichick gave away Jacoby Brissett and Garoppolo basically to say fuck you, Kraft, for not letting him move on from Brady? Do you think that theory is actually plausible? <sighs> no, I don't think that's plausible. I, I have a feel, Colin Coward, they've been contacting me lately. I feel like they want me to come on just to talk about Belichick. That's the sense I'm getting from the text messages. Could be boring. So oh, why? Re- what are they saying? I don't know, but I, I just know that they were like, hey, people have told us, you know, you got good info on New England. And like, Colin, the only you way on, but, you're doing Cowherd right? is if I do Cowherd with you. You want to do it with me? Tag Fuck team? Yeah. Let, dude, I think you need to start bringing me in. And then you start talking. Right. And I go, what Sims is trying to say. And they go, no, no, we didn't interview him. No, no, no. It's and then package. all of a sudden, Colin Cowherd hasn't talked in 10 minutes, and it's just Sims and left going. <laughs> yeah, Cowherd, and you know, people go, what the fuck is this? I yeah. don't think that's the reason. No. Okay. I mean, I think that they, they had reasons they wanted to move on from Jacoby Brissett. I think at the end of the day, Bill Belichick could... He's not going to pay his backup quarterback, you know, $24 million a year or $22 million a year and franchise him. He could never live that. I mean, if you're worth nine cents, you're getting nine cents. He's not going to give you 10. He's that stingy. That's why they are who they are. He runs it like a true business. He never lets personal emotions get involved. He's like the soulless leader. But in what that do you aspect. think of that Belichick craft relationship? Well, okay. So that, that, I do think there's a little merit there. Now, I, you know, Garoppolo thing, I know New England fans are going to be pissed and they're going to continue to be pissed because he's going to light the world on fire in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. So that does stink. And I think they look at that and go, man, that was our chance to continue the empire, right? Just to have him there, Brady Crow. But Garoppolo was going to leave this year. He wants to go play, and I don't think Belichick would have franchised him and done that. I do think that... I, I would not be shocked if there's friction there with Krafts and, and Mr. and Bill Belichick. I thought it was fascinating. I mean, you, s- you told me yesterday yes. the fact that there was a graphic yes. on CBS during the Patriots game right. that said the three Bs, right. and it was Belichick, right. Brady, and Bob Kraft, right. that you were like, look, Bob apparently right now wants a lot of credit for what's happened in New England. I, it's, it's the and one before, you always complimented him on staying out of it. Staying out of it. It's the, I've heard it a few times during this year from just people I know that that is a little thing right now, that, yeah, the Krafts might be wearing 
on the coaching staff in general. So there's a little inside info for all you out there. What about um, being on the TV now broadcast? The TV, no, the, so the TV broadcast, I think, is a fascinating discussion. First of all, let's not forget this. Mr. Kraft, and I, my, my facts might be off by a little bit here, but he he owns like 6 or 7% of CBS, right? And, you know, everything I know throughout the years is – when CBS does a game, that they're going to show Mr. Kraft. And if he's not shown, he's going to go, why didn't you show me? I don't understand. So they have to play. I, I see him multiple times. Yeah, again. they have to play kid to his ego. And then now they're so good that they're going to show him anyways because he did, you know, he bought the team and they turned it around. But the other thing I find fascinating about this whole thing and that I want to continue to, I want people to dig into this. How come New England always gets the big Saturday night divisional playoff game that's on CBS every year? And I'll go back and look to see how many years in a row it's been. But yeah, I, it, the Baltimore Ravens one was on a Saturday. It makes night. me last year's Houston Texans one so was. So you're talking about the second game on divisional weekend on Saturday. Saturday. And what kind the of an advantage is well, that? Well, you're going to get an, you're going to get 8 days for the championship game if you win, and then the team you're going to play is going to only have is going to get one less. So, to me, it's an extra day of rest, it's an extra day of game planning, and people might go, well, it's a less, one less extra day of game planning. No, because they have the bye week, so they're already yeah. caught up from that standard. They don't need it. I mean, they're breaking down the three teams right now that they think they yep. could play, and they're breaking, one, breaking down one more than extra because they go, we think this is who we're going to be playing. And That would be interesting to see how often the Patriots have had the Saturday night game. I, I don't remember when they didn't. I, and I'm pretty good with this stuff, as you know. I That's mean, I really am. Looking up. Um, I got right, you. We do, right. have, we do have someone picking a, a bone with us, Danny Z12. What's up, Danny Z12? I uh, love you guys. TV is the GOAT. Love the show. I have a bone to pick about Brady Belichick. You guys talk like Brady has continually had the best team year in, year out. He has had great teams, but not always the best. 2006, they got rid of Deion Branch. He had Rashae Caldwell and Doug Gabriel. They ended up in the AFC Championship game. From 2009 to 2012, the Patriots went through a complete rebuild of the defense that was atrocious, yet the only reason they were relevant was because of Brady, even making it to a Super Bowl. That was Belichick's responsibility, and Brady bailed him out. Yet, now, after tough times when the offense and defense are both stable, Brady gets shitted on for having a good team. All I'm saying is, Brady has benefited from Belichick, but don't make the mistake of thinking Belichick hasn't benefited from Brady. The room for error you have with a Hall of Fame quarterback is the size of Mount Kilimanjaro, and Belichick has used up every inch of that to his advantage. I, I mean, I, I, first of all, I don't think we shit on Brady. I think I... I, I don't think I do. I mean, I, I know I just get mad with the, just like I said with other people before. Like, I just get mad when the Jarvis Landry's one of the five best quarterbacks in football. The New England Patriots only win because of Tom Brady. He's the only reason they win it. He tackles, he blocks, he catches, he kicks. I mean, that you can't even have that. So, again, if I come off disrespectful, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Tom Brady. You just believe that more of the percentage falls at the feet of Bill Belichick. Yeah, I mean... The, the and proof, you're not saying it's a huge percentage. No, and he was amazing in 2006. Yes, I get that. There was not a lot of weapons around him, but he's always had the advantage of being the best coach team on the football, on the field. Always the most... He can. He's walked on the field in almost every game of his career and been the more prepared football team. And there is no so sport to be said where that. coaching matters more. Than football. football. So again, he's great. He's one of the five greatest of all time. I'm just not going to sit here and go, he's definitely number one because he has the most rings. That's where I just get mad. I don't mean to be a hater. The last time the Patriots did not play in the Saturday Night Divisional game was in 2012 when they played on Sunday. So it's been like five straight years? Yep. And I was there for that year, I think. How'd they do? 
That they was won. the Houston game. 41-28. Yeah. Lost to the Ravens. Lost to the Ravens the next week. So they week. played five straight games on Saturday night. Right. Interesting. 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 Speaking of the Patriots. I don't want to be see- seen like that. It really bothers me. You have to understand, and that's why I didn't want to read the comment from the iTunes, because a lot of the facts, people hear our opinions, and we've literally done thousands of shows now, or or videos or whatever, and they hear one thing, or they just read a headline, it gets taken out of context, and that's not even what you said. No, you think that they're both great, and Tom Brady is definitely a top three quarterback, but Belichick is your best coach of all time, and thus he gets more credit. Not saying that Brady doesn't get any credit. Of course not. Not saying that he won in spite of Brady. Right. I think what upsets people is when you say, that Rodgers would have won seven compared to Brady winning four. Okay. Five. Five. I got you. You know. All right. It's Rodgers. Top five quarterback. Sims, you're right about New England's secondary getting a lot of pressure. However, a few years ago, you said Malcolm Butler was a top five quarterback. Is he still now a top five corner? If I had to guess, I'd think your top five are Peterson, Ramsey, maybe Bouye, maybe Lattimore, and Butler. Always love the podcast. Can't stand NFL Network or ESPN. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Who would your top five be? My top five corners right now. I don't think Malcolm Butler would be in my top five. So Ramsey and Bouye and Lattimore are in your top five. They are. And then so is Xavier Rhodes. So Ramsey, Bouye, Lattimore, Rhodes. Right. You need one more. Yep. Mm. Let me just make sure. Check the teams. Check the teams and let me see. I know I'm missing one that I feel like is obvious. I just can't figure it out. I don't think Patrick... Oh, Tremaine Johnson, the Rams. That would be my new top five. Uh, Patrick Peterson, still really awesome. Top 10 conversation corner. I don't think he's in the class of those guys anymore. I don't, again, you know, I'm not being disrespectful. It's just he's getting up there in age. And do, you he, have a, do you have an order for your top five? In my corners? Yeah, so it was Ramsey one. Ramsey's one. The, this, the, the next one's the closest one. I think like Bouye and Xavier Rhodes are like neck and neck. Who would you I take? would probably go Xavier Rhodes two. Rhodes two. Bouye three. three. And then Lattimore and Tremaine Johnson. I'm going to go Tremaine four, Lattimore five. Okay. Tremaine Johnson has really impressed me this year. I mean, more, more than any your year. franchise tag back-to-back years. Yeah. I mean, but in this year, just Wade Phillips, I feel like his coaching, his scheme, he's demanded more out of him on an island on a, on a week-to-week basis, and I've been really impressed. Central Cali love coming here from Frez Yes instead of Frez No. Sims, Lefko, and Survivor Boy, you guys are amazing at what hey. you do. Oh, Survivor Boy! Finally, someone that supports me. Every time I get a notification that there's a new podcast. A notification. I, every time I get a notification there's a new podcast. Now, way you get notifications, download the BR app and subscribe to the Sims and Leftco channel. You'll never miss one. I drop what I'm doing. I press play. Thank you for that. Quick question. I'm Fresno Fresno, a huge Raiders fan, and Derek Carr owns Fresno, by the way. But do you think this constant coaching change is good for his development? No, it's not great, but I, I would say that he wasn't coached this year. So that wasn't good for his development either. He took a step back. This was the worst year of his career. I mean, worse than his rookie year. I was not only unimpressed by some of decisions, but you know me, Lefko. I don't sit there and just look at stats. It's like the quality of the play, the quality of the ball. Hopefully it was an outlier year. Yes, hopefully it was. Some, I have people on Twitter going, look, a lot of guys have one bad year. Right. For sure. Yes. We're just saying it a really bad year, yep. and we hope he can bounce back. Yep. And hopefully it was the leg injury giving him the a back, limited offseason. And the back injury right, right. in the middle. Mm-hmm. I know he can bounce back. He's yes. got the athletic ability Mechanics for fell apart. And it's where I really, again, I just think John Gruden going there It'll is going to be Perfect for him. It's going to light a fire under his ass. Buy it's going to teach him. It's going to teach him to be a jerk, Lefko. I mean, there's a the thing. Like, 
I don't know if I've said this, but like that's those are things you can't quantify about Brady, right there. If you for those you, people, you've always said he's a top five yeller at his teammates. He's amazing. You can't quantify the stat of Brady on a daily basis. The team having to keep pace with him, the offense having to keep pace with him, and all that he knows. And if you mess up, fuck, you don't have to deal with Bill. You're gonna have to deal with Tom. And there's no stat that quantifies the greatness of that leader mm. like a Brady or a Manning. This is the last one, or second to last one, from Cheesehead in Maine. BR Football Guys over ESPN Football Guys. You guys are brutally honest, and I love it. I love the takes during the draft prospects and how overrated players are compared to how much ESPN guys love them. Case in point, where has Jabril Peppers been? Good point, Cheesehead in Maine. <laughs> Remember that take. Uh, uh, my questions refer to the recent news about the Packers firing Capers and Ted Thompson another role. When I got the BR alerts, I was extremely happy. Like Sims, I believe that the type of shakeup has been needed for three seasons now. They've been wasting the greatest quarterback of all time. What direction does Chris think they need to go in terms of D.C. and GM? Should they hire from within or go after that Cardinals or Bears defensive coordinator? That would be James Betcher or Vic Fangio. Yeah. Should they change from a 3-4 to 4-3, can they find a GM who's not afraid to dip into free agency? What do you think? I, I do think so. I, I got to think that's, I mean, that's going to be an extremely coveted job, right? I mean, GM of the Green Bay Packers is special. It's like being the the GM of the Yankees yeah. to a degree. But it's even better because why? You well, don't have an owner, I breathe Exactly. In your neck. So you don't have to ever answer to well, an you have owner. You 34,000 owners. You're right. Whatever. But you don't have the one guy in there every day who's got a billion dollars and thinks he knows the answers to everything in the world to have to deal with him all the time. So that is great there. The fact that you can just go up there, work, kind of be on your own boss on a daily basis. So that's great. Um, guys that jump out to me, I mean, you know. <sighs> For GM and defensive coordinator. Yeah, the defensive coordinator, the names, I mean, you know I love Fangio. So if he's out there, I, I would say get him. They can, they can, Capers has a 3-4 hybrid type defense, so that would be seamless to transition to that scheme, which is more of a true 3-4. Betcher, the same thing. Betcher's defense is a lot like Dom, Dom Capers, mm. except I would just say it's a little more evolved in its coverages, uh, a little smarter. Um, GMs, I mean, I wonder if John Schneider goes there. From okay. the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, he's from Wisconsin. He started in Green Bay. Yeah. yeah. So I do wonder that. Wow. Uh, that and would just be a name what, I'm throwing out there. Seattle might be a place to leave right Man, now. Nick Casario, again, is another guy I'm going to throw out there. That might be a place he would actually think about leaving New England it's for. it's so legendary. It's legendary. It's a great organization. He'd be able to do everything his way. Uh, so I look at that. Those are two names that really jump out to me right off the top. I kind of think about more GMs. I'm not totally into that sure. frame of mind. But the other D coordinators... Um, those are the biggest ones to me. Uh, they need an offensive coordinator too, though. That's the other thing that's being lost in this conversation. Yeah, it's a shakeup. And I, Mike McCarthy, the head coach, I want to clarify because I make fun of Mike McCarthy, the offensive coordinator, a lot. The head coach is fine. He manages his games. They're detailed. They're tough. Yep. They usually don't screw it up. Uh, situations are good, but the offense stinks, and I wish he would just be the head coach and get a new offensive coordinator in there, somebody with fresh new ideas to expand their inventory. Last one, Giants thirty eight ninety. No, it was great. Still by far the best podcast around. In their prime, mm. Eli or Phil? Ooh, gosh! In their prime, the first one. A real fastball to end the show. Yeah. All right, Eli Manning or Phil Sims in their prime. All right, I mean, not it, not collective, not how they were in their prime. I. I'm going Phil Sims. Fucking, I tell him, Chris. I'm going. I mean, I, I, Eli's. I, I, you know, Eli's really good. I get that. Um, I think I would say this, uh, and I'm I, again. I'm trying to be as unbiased here as possible. Uh, 
I think physically, my dad was better than Eli. He's a kind of a different build. Eli's taller and longer. You've seen my, you guys have yeah, seen Phil my dad. Is, Phil's he's like a thick. power tool. Right, right. Yeah. He's like 6'3", 240, 245. Uh, so you have that. But his ability to throw, dad could really throw it. Uh, you know, people who weren't young enough or old enough to see him play, you know, sometimes I hear younger guys, well, your dad was a game manager, right? And then I, that's when I know they haven't watched football. Because yeah, your, your dad would go like 15 of 25 for like 280. I mean, the year they won the Super Bowl, he threw 21 touchdown passes and 22 interceptions. So if that's a game manager, then he sucked at managing games, <laughs> let me just tell you. <laughs> okay, he was actually the exact opposite. They were aggressive. They ran the ball, and then when they threw the ball, they threw for 30 and 40-yard completions. And, you know, you've heard my dad say before, he's jealous of the guys today who throw, like, 10 screens for 120 yards. They haven't thrown a pass yet. Right. Or, you know, 40 career touchdown passes from the two-yard line. I, I literally, I don't think I can remember my dad throwing a pass inside the five-yard line in his career. Um, but I just think from that, that yes, I do think my dad was a better player than Eli, and that's not a knock on Eli. Eli was really good. I think Eli had a lot more talent around him on the offensive side of the ball than my dad ever did, if I was going to be fair there, too. I mean, whether you go Plexico Burris, Amani Toomer, Jeremy Shockey, Jeremy Shockey Manningham, Manningham, Hilliard. Tiki Barber, okay, yeah. he was there. Um, yes, uh, Steve Smith, people forget about the Steve Smith from USC Ron, who led Ron the Dane. NFL in receiving. He's trying to get him to go, Rondé. Uh, you know, then, yeah, you get into Odell Beckham Jr. and the Sterling Shepherds yeah. and all that. So that, and, and I, you know, most who people. Did your dad have? That's what I mean. Most people my own age, 37, when they go, hey, who's your dad's receivers? I remember Mark Bavaro at tight end, but who was the receivers? And yeah, that would be the point. The Giants weren't like that. They were stingy team. They didn't pay anybody. Uh, I mean, everybody was making more money than Lawrence Taylor and my dad and everybody. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, that that would be my my two cents, man. Coming up tomorrow, that is the pick show. It is going to be the wild card pick show. Sims is going to go through his notebook. He's going to spend he spent the good part of today, yesterday, and tonight, and he is going to break down how he sees the flow of these games going. I remind you, we went seven and one last year in the wild card and divisional round. Playoff is where we make our money, and we are going to continue our betting. We're getting sixteen hundred for four games. 1600 before? Giving you a chance to catch me. <laughs> okay? You have a chance. Well, it's 1600 for Yeah, that's okay. It's the way it should be. It's the playoffs. What, are we going to stop the damn show? Well, no. Hey, Bleacher Report! No, it'll be $100 per game, so it'll only have $400. Right. But now I'm going to give you $1,600 to play What with. game will I go all in on? Will you go all in? 1570 on one game. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, that will be our big pick show. And then Sunday at noon, we are going to be doing a pregame show for the Sunday wildcard games. For Chris Sims. Peace out, homies. For Josh Fendrick. Good night, everybody. Good <laughs> night, everybody. Hit us up on YouTube. Just search Sims and Lefko or go to Instagram or Twitter and check out at Sims and Lefko. We are happy to continue the conversation online. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. And we will be hollering at you very soon. Enjoy the playoffs, everybody. It's just going to be awesome.